The Old Testament reading for this, the third Sunday in Advent, is recorded by the inspired prophet Zephaniah, chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Zion. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival so that you will no longer suffer reproach. Behold, at that time I will deal with all your oppressors, and I will save the lame and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time I will bring you in, at that time when I gather you together, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth. When I restore your fortunes, Before your eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, beginning at the fourth verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. The disciples of John reported all these things to him. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? In that hour he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, And on many who were blind, he bestowed sight. And he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. When John's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who are dressed in splendid clothing and live in luxury are in king's courts. 
What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text is the gospel which we have just heard read about John and his disciples and Jesus and what he had to say in reply. You know, your identity is pretty important to you. You like to have people know who you are. In fact, it gets rather important to know who you are at times. If somebody doesn't recognize you, doesn't know who you are, like happened to one lady near and dear to me, when she didn't recognize that the man in the room was her husband, it gets kind of serious. I remember having kind of a, I don't know, odd, awkward, strange situation and feeling one time in my life when my father and some other gentleman picked me up at Nashville, Tennessee, at the airport. And I kind of like to know who people are when I'm riding in the car with them. These two guys thought they were funny. They wouldn't tell me. Who is this young man, Dad, that's with you? I don't recognize him. Oh, you'll find out later on. Really? Who is he? I will tell you later. Okay, well, thanks. I, don't, I have no clue. I cannot recognize him. I can't put this situation together. I don't know who he is. I didn't know his identity. It would have helped me anyway to have known who he was. I was going to my grandmother's funeral. My father was going to his mother's funeral. I don't know who this guy was, what he was doing. Well, I finally found out his identity. He was my cousin, my first cousin. He was my father's older sister's son. Well, I knew him when he was 10 years old, but now he was 30 or 35. I had no clue. He was you know, when he was a kid, he was like this. Now he's like that. Plus, he's a little bit like that. I didn't know who he was at all. I just had no clue. Well, your identity is important to you, at least, and probably to your family and to many other people. Jesus' identity is important, obviously. 
It was important in his day when he was here on earth. It was a, he was, his identity was important to John's disciples. They wanted to know, who is this guy? Well, there's a lot of talk about what's going on here in this text. A lot you don't really have to worry about too much. People get all caught up in, well, why did John, didn't John know him? And, of course, John knew him, and John baptized him. And I think these of his disciples, they were confused. See, after John baptized Jesus, Jesus began his public ministry. He started teaching and preaching and healing and driving out demons and all those things said in the text. John continued his preaching and his ministry. And he still had disciples following him. And of course, Jesus called his own disciples. So John's disciples are wondering, they're a little confused. What's going on here? You're teaching, you're preaching, John, you're baptizing. This man over here that you baptized that claims to be the Son of God, he's now preaching, teaching, healing, and everything. So they were confused. What's going on? What's happening here? So John says, well, go and ask him. So they went, and they asked him, Who are you? His identity was important. He didn't answer their question. It's hilarious how Jesus oftentimes does not give you a direct answer. What did he do? He pointed them to the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 35, which is usually our Old Testament reading. I don't know why they changed it. But Isaiah 35 is what Jesus quoted in. Isaiah said 800 years before Jesus that when the promised Messiah comes, he's going to give the blind their sight, he's going to give deaf their hearing, he's going to make the lame to walk, he's going to drive out the demons, he's going to heal the sick. And he's going to raise the dead. And that's what he, how he answered them. So, put it together. This is what the Old Testament prophets said about the coming Messiah. This is what the Messiah is doing. How many people do you know that can raise the dead? Give the blind their sight. Give the deaf their hearing. Absolutely no one. Only God himself in our flesh can do these miraculous things. So God's given you a brain and me a brain, and he says, figure it out. Put it together. I've been telling you for ages back here through my prophets that this is what the Messiah is going to do when he comes. 
and now you're seeing him do all these things, this simple, humble-looking carpenter from Nazareth is my son in your flesh. Jesus of Nazareth is God from heaven, the Son of God, God himself, in our flesh. And he's come to save your soul. He's come to die in your place. Go to hell in your place. To pay our debt that we might have forgiveness and the certain hope of eternal life. That's what it's all about. That's what Christmas is all about. It's not about giving presents. Okay, that's fine too. But that's not the important point. There's something much bigger going on here. That's because you are so precious. God loves you so much. Far more than your dear mother loves you. He loves you so much he was willing to die for you. To die for you. Think about it. Are you willing to die for your neighbor? Are you willing to die for people who hate you? God died for you because he loves you. And he wants you to be with him in heaven eternally, forever and ever and ever. And this is what it took. No one in all of the world could redeem us. The psalmist says, read it, Psalm 47, a man can't even redeem his neighbor. We cannot redeem one single person. But God, in our flesh, could redeem everyone. And he did. So who is this man? This is God in our flesh. Come to redeem us. That we might have forgiveness and eternal life. What are we supposed to make of this whole thing? Paul said, the most important question to you in all of your life is what do you think of Jesus? What one thinks about Jesus is going to determine where he spends eternity. Think about that. Eternity is forever and ever and ever. Where we spend eternity depends on what do we think of Jesus. Well, he has just told us. He is God himself. Come to save you and me. Thanks be to God for giving us his son our Savior, whose identity 
is revealed in the scriptures. He is God in our flesh. Now may the peace that passeth all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 